Okay, okay. Joe Biden says... <laughs> Joe Biden says he needs four more years to finish the job. Uh, you know what that means? That means finish America. Hi, everybody. Brian Sussman here. Brian Sussman Show. BrianSussman.com, the website, Facebook page, Brian Sussman Show. Daily Doses of Inspiration, Instagram, Facebook Show. Okay, we're... If the Democrats... And by the way, there are no middle-of-the-road Democrats left in Washington, D.C. There are none. They're all progressive leftists. Progressive leftist is code for socialist. Socialists can be used interchangeably with communists. I mean, that's what Karl Marx did. He used them both back... And he was the, he was the, he was the constructor, the author of communism, or organized collectivism, as he also called it. So if the Democrats had their way and were able to finish the job, what they mean is get rid of liberty. Now you're saying, wait a second, Democrats believe in liberty. No, they don't. You're you're going to learn that in this podcast. You're also going to learn where our rights come from because the rights that, that constitutional conservatives would hold dear are completely different than the rights that the Democrat Party would hold dear. So let's let's begin this treatise by talking first about Karl Marx. That's where we need to go. This may be a two-parter. I'll keep you posted on that. But these are two, I'm going to share with you, two diametrically opposed philosophers. The first said this, communism is the riddle of history solved, and it knows itself to be the solution. Okay, that's, that's Karl Marx. The other guy gave birth to the motto, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That is John Locke. John Locke is the father of classic liberalism, not to be confused with liberalism's third cousin, progressive li- liberalism. Now, I've discussed this in past podcasts, bits and pieces, chunks and, and more chunks here and there, but I'm going to give you a full dissertation because I think at this point in time, it's really important that conservatives know what we are to stand for in terms of liberty and what that really means. It's not taught in the schools today. So God, it, it's not taught in, Christian schools don't teach this. Churches would never get into this, and, and yet they should, because I will tell you, at the time of the founding of the United States of America, churches were talking about this. In Sunday sermons, they would talk about liberty. They would talk about our rights, because they wanted to be freed from the controls being placed upon them by the Church of England. So th- they were very very aware of these things and talked about them in the sermons. What's trying to take control of the churches today? Wokeism. We need to stand up, friends. Let me, let me begin with this. Karl Marx. Collective, or I should say organized collectivism. That's communism or socialism. They were used all interchangeably. Marx was a born subordinate. He was a part of a group in college called the Young Hegelians. 
they were, they followed the philosophy of radical thinker George Hegel. He was born, by the way, in 1818, Germany. The young Hegelians had a goal. So get ready for this. If you're a Christian listening to this, get ready. Here's the goal of socialism. Here's the goal of communism. Here's the goal of the progressive liberals. Listen to me now, please. Their goal is straightforward. Liquidate Christianity. If you can get rid of Christianity, you will get rid of a lot of things that involve rights that these conservatives hold dear, like life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And then you can, you can knock out the, the first ten amendments right off the bat, including the second. So Marx would take some of Hegel's theories, particularly his dialectic theory, and refine it for political purposes. And here's what Marx eventually wrote regarding religion. He said, man who has found only the reflection of himself in the fantasy reality of heaven, where he sought a superman, must, must seek his true reality. I'm going to repeat that. Here's what Marx said. Man who has found only the reflection of himself in the fantasy reality of heaven, where he sought a superman, must seek his true reality. This is why in communist China, when they catch a Christian who is actively proselytizing, when they catch a Christian the act of handing out a Bible or a little pamphlet, no judge, no jury, you, you are given a ticket by the police officer or whoever in authority, and you are sent to re-education camp. That's what they do in China. That's what they did in the Soviet Union. That's what they will do here if they have their way. Because the fact that Christians are not woke, or at least should not be, the fact that Christians are so damned stubborn and set in their ways and have a moral code that is unshakable, they dislike us immensely. What did, what did Marx just say there? They say, he, said, he said, if you're a Christian, basically, a believer in the reality of heaven, you must seek your true reality. Now, how are they going to get you to must seek your true reality? It's through force, through compulsion. And if that doesn't work, they'll kill you. Okay, I just said it. Friends, this is a really dangerous game we're playing here. There's a lot on the line that is for keeps right now. Are we going to hold on to the truth? Or are we going to let it slip away? Are we going to let Joe get his more four, another four years so he can finish the job? That's frightening to me. That is frightening to me. So let's continue here with, with Karl Marx. He hooked up with a guy named Frederick Engels, 1842, and they put together their three laws of matter. Now, can I tell you something? The progressive liberals who are well-educated, uh, the progressive liberal elites, they, they're aware of these laws of matter. They believe them. There's an element of science that they see in them that makes them even more compelling. So you have the law of opposites, the law of negation, and the law of transformation. 
By the way, together, these planks totally provide a rationale for so much that's going on in the world, including the climate agenda. But the law of opposites is an extension of Hegel's work. And if I could just break it down, I'll make it real simple. It demands that humans be kept in check. Humans have to be kept in check. Law of opposites. Because as the most advanced creatures, they are capable of wreaking the most havoc. Hence the need for a tightly regulated, often heavy-handed system of government. So the law of opposites, it sees authoritarianism as essential to effective, masterful governance. Law of opposites. Okay, now law of negation. Gets interestingly metaphysical, but it is also, by the way, a key pillar for today's environmentalists. All nature is constantly expanding through death. That's what the law of negation says. So maybe I lost you with that. All nature is constantly expanding through death, but I'm going to get you back here in just a second. So Engels created this awkward illustration. He said, out of this dynamic process of dying, the energy is released to expand and produce many more entities of the same kind. In other words, all species uh, possess an inherent tendency to proliferate. Marx and Engels believed non-human species bear automatic mechanisms to properly manage such expansion and prevent their increases from growing out of control, but the extended family belonging to humankind, incapable of that kind of regulation. Thus, negation casts mankind as an ever-consuming population bomb, ignorantly placing the entire planet at risk. That's how they view people. And that's why you hear some of these, um, some of these various biologists talking about too many people on the planet. Started with Paul Ehrlich back in the 60s. Too many people on the planet. If you ask a lot of these highfalutin types, uh, how many people should there be? There are about 8 million now. What do you think's the right amount? Uh, 1.5 billion, 2 billion. Okay, how are you going to cut that many people out of the population? Oh, pandemic? War? They really won't tell you. They'll mention war and pandemics. Could it be poisons, like all the poisons people are consuming? I don't know. Maybe it's going to be an aerosol in the sky. I don't know. What, 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 what is it, how, what, how are they going to get there? How are they going to get there? You, I've asked some of these people in the past, how are we going to get there? Okay, let's have a rational discussion. Eight billion now, you think 1.52 billion. You believe it's a population problem, not a distribution problem. I mean, you could say it's a distribution problem. Have you ever flown around the world? When you're flying, you can look down on a clear day and you know what? There's not a lot down there. Mostly, mostly land. Oh, and then you get to a city and everybody's tightly packed because they're easily controlled in, in tightly packed cities. But if we were to, you know, really get serious about this, I suppose, because, you know, otherwise it's going to be overpopulation. You'd think that the, the progressive liberals would say, well, we need to distribute the population. We need to set up new cities, brand new cities. Kind of like what they do in China. All these brand new cities in China that nobody lives in. Law of negation. Law of negation. Okay, then the third maxim is the law of transportation. Uh, excuse me, transformation. The law of transformation states that a continuous quantitative development by a particular species often results in a leap within the species uh, 
Okay, I may be losing you there. Let me just start over. The law allowed for Darwin's theory of evolution and, and leaps within a species. So you could have, even within the Homo sapiens, leaps that would allow for people to be born with greater intelligence. That's basically it. So the law of transformation confirms an elite, confirms an elite status within the human race. This can, this can bring about eugenics-type thinking, racism. This, it's awful. It's just awful. But in terms of today's world, what it means is these elites look at us like we're stupid. That's why, that's why they make fun of conservatives the way they make fun of conservatives. They see us good for only one thing, labor. That's all. That's, that's it. That's why they, don't, they, they make it very difficult through progressive taxation for the middle class to move up the ladder. The, the middle class can move up, but it's easy to get stuck. This is done on purpose. They don't want you to move up the ladder. They want to keep you down. They would like to eliminate the middle class altogether. They want an elite class and a working class, period. Just like Karl Marx wanted. Just like they have in, in, communi in co communist countries to this day. In China, yeah, there's lots of people who are making lots of money. Guess what? Those people's lives are so tightly controlled, and if you step out of line, I got news for you, you disappear. So I've summarized the laws of matter like this before. See if this works for you. Love, passion, value, and feelings are not composed of matter and are therefore imaginary. Belief in God is pure fantasy. Even consciousness is simply the result of material interactions within the human mind. The human race is naturally inclined towards destructive purposes and incapable of peace without intervention from those born with a leap of intelligence above and beyond the masses. Such superior beings have a metaphysical responsibility of sorts to rule over those with inferior intellect, lest those with the inferior intellect destroy the planet and kill one another. Thus, power must rest in the hands of a very few, assuring that the working class is kept and remains productive. Progressive laws, regulations, ethics, and ethos must be promoted and enforced. So again, this patrician worldview resonates with those who consider themselves to be progressive, trained at the elite colleges and universities, because they see through advanced education and absorption of open-minded open doctrines, they can become masters of the universe. Theirs is an immoral system. There are no morals. It's an immoral system. There's no room for absolute truth, only relativism, unless they acknowledge a, a, a divine being who has an unbending rule of law. That would conflict with their personal will and collective agenda. They believe they have the power to define societal morality. They have the power to make the rules. They have the power to make the laws, and they have the power to give the rights. This is huge, friends. You've got to listen to what I'm saying. That's why America... It's an experiment that's lasted all these many years, but it's hanging by a thread. 
It's hanging by a thread. It's the only country to have ever existed like this. No king, no queen, no religious leader, no authoritarian dictator. It's a system that was designed with checks and balances. They have been eroded, there's no question. But we were given the inalienable rights. Listen to this. These, these are your rights, friends. This is it. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's what our founders determined were our natural rights. These are rights given to you, not by the government, by God. You have the right to live. You have a right to the pursuit of happiness. What does that mean? I'm going to get into this in further detail. The pursuit of happiness is very simple. It's very simple. It's the pursuit of property ownership. Owning property makes people happy. It's just it's nothing to feel bad about with that. It's just that's you feel you buy something, you feel good. You buy a car, you're, you're proud, you're happy. You buy a house, my gosh, this is unbelievable. Me, a house? I'll never forget that first car I bought. I'll never forget the first house my wife and I bought. Tiny little duplex. Man, we thought we were top of the world. This is your property. And you know what else is your property? And and the progressive liberals don't like this either. What's between your ears, your belief in God, your moral system, they don't like that either. They want it to be changed. So how do they want it to be changed? They demand that all so-called rights be issued by the power of government. God can't declare rights. There is no God. That's fantasy. That's what they would say. All rights are issued by the powers of government and withdrawn by that same government if deemed necessary. And now you know why, my friends, the philosophy of Marx has created some of the world's most offensive villains, while the philosophy of our next personality, who we will talk about in the very next episode, has inspired and empowered great heroes. I'm going to stop it down right here. I think this is a great time to stop. We've, we've consumed about 20 minutes. I want to do another 20 minutes tomorrow on the foundation of our liberty and our natural rights and what makes this country great and why we are so in the crosshairs of the progressive liberals and the United Nations and the World Economic Forum. That's what's happening right now, my friends. So I'm fired up. And I believe this is a, this is a divinely inspired message. And I will, I do hope you'll share it. And we'll be back tomorrow to, to wrap this one up. BrianSussman.com. Brian Sussman Show on Facebook. And for daily doses of inspiration, please, my Instagram, Brian Sussman Show. God bless you, my friends. I look forward to the next podcast.